You don't know me yet. Welcome back to another edition of the No Further Comments podcast, the Basketball Insider Edition. This is episode number 17. I'm your host, Alex Meacham. Let me go through a couple social media things real quick. If you want to hit me up on Twitter and Instagram, I am at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham is spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. If you want to hit me up on Facebook, it's just Alex Meacham. And for all the young folks out there, you can hit me up on Snapchat. I am at Big Meach. 41. If you want to get at the social media for the podcast, you can hit up at NFC Podcast. That's on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to hit us up on Facebook, it is no further comments. Now, we always come into the smooth sounds of the iconic 90s rapper Big Daddy Kane, aka the King Asiatic Nobody's Equal. Now, listen, the song we just heard was Nuff Respect. And for, for those who don't know, that's off the Juice soundtrack. So the movie Juice starred Tupac Shakur. So, so when Tupac was a rapper, you know, he kind of got into his whole acting thing. And I think if Tupac didn't get killed, he would have been a tremendous actor. And he still to this day would be, a, I think, a great actor. Sort of like Will Smith transitioned from music into acting. I think Tupac would have done the same thing. So he starred in the movie Juice. Uh, Juice had a soundtrack, and Big Daddy Kane had the song Enough Respect. It was one of the more popular songs off the soundtrack. As we all know, Tupac was gunned down in Las Vegas on September 7th, 1996, and eventually passed away on September 13th, 1996. Now, last Thursday, May 22 years ago, we lost this legend. And I remember, like most people my age, I remember exactly what I was doing, where I was, when I heard Tupac was shot, and also when I heard Tupac was killed. Now, this helps me segue into our guest for today's podcast. I have a special guest. Now, we haven't had a tremendous amount of guests on the Basketball Insider edition of the NFC podcast. And I said we're going to start having more people on the show to kind of add some more flavor to it. And this is one of our our first guest here in our, our new season and a very special guest. So let me let me build up who this is. So on October 1st, 2017, two weeks from today, we'll make one year since the Las Vegas mass shooting at the Route 91 Harvest Music Fest occurred on the Las Vegas Strip. Now, so just make sure I got this right. Jason Aldean is performing and uh, a guy by the name of Stephen Paddock, who's 64 years old, from the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Hotel, decides to fire off like uh, a thousand or so rounds from, the, from his room, and he killed like 58 people, leaving around 158 one people injured from gunshots. Now, sometime after this, this whole shooting went down, I, and I watched, you know, like everybody else, you started seeing everything on TV about what was going on. And, but right after the whole thing went down, I was watching Megyn Kelly's show on NBC. And I was kind of halfway paying attention. And, and she said, you know, we've got a guest coming on. She says, we have one of the people that was shot at the actual event who survived. And the kid's name is Nick Campbell. 
And so I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just kind of halfway listening. And she goes, he was the youngest person shot at the concert, and he survived. And then he started talking, she's talking to him, and they talked a little bit about basketball, and I said, you know what? Basketball, young person, I, I've got to send him a DM. So I go on Instagram, I find him on Instagram, I shoot him a, a, a message, and he's probably like, man, who's this creepy dude, you know, shooting me a message or whatever. And so, you know, I just said, you know, I hope you, you know, heard your story crazy. I hope you, uh, hope you heal okay and all that good stuff. And so after that, I was in Las Vegas. I was visiting one of my former players, Jordan Crawford. And um, I was actually in L.A. on vacation. And I hit up Jordan Crawford, um, who lives in Las Vegas, plays professionally overseas right now. And I said, hey, I'm going to come to Vegas. Let's hang out. Let's go to dinner. And he was like, cool, I'm in. So I drive to Vegas, and I said, you know what? I need to hit up Nick Campbell. And I said, I want to see if he wants to come to dinner with us. So I hit up Nick. He comes. He brings his buddy, Blaze. They come to dinner. And, man, I'm going to tell you, it was like we've known each other forever. I mean, we talk shoes. We talk music. We talk basketball. And most of the stuff he was wrong on because he, and you'll hear about this, who he thinks the greatest rapper is, the greatest shoe of all time, the greatest basketball player. We talked about all that good stuff. And just an amazing, amazing kid. And I, I thought it would be great to have him on our show. I'd like to now bring in Nick Campbell. Nick, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Doing well, doing well. How's Vegas? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. It's hot. Hot, hot as it always is. So let me ask you this question here, Be being in Vegas. Do you know anything about, you know, the whole Tupac shooting? Do they talk about that a lot there? I mean, that's not, I mean, like, being my generation, I don't know that much about it. I know, like, it happened here, and but that's about it. Like, no one really says anything, or, like, even on the 7th, like, didn't really, like, pop up on the news or anything like that. So the, the shooting occurred on uh, East Flamingo, and I believe the other street was, like, uh, Colville or something like that. Are you, do you know where that is? Mm -hmm. Uh, I know where Flamingo is, but I don't know where that street is specifically, no. Okay, so have you ever been to the actual area in which he was shot? No, never. Man. How, now, how old are you? Uh, 16. Actually, I just turned 17, so 17. When, when was your birthday? Uh, 9-11. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow, there you go. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, so you're in high school. Uh, would you tell everybody what high school you attend? Uh, Coronado High School. Okay. And you're a senior? Uh, junior. Junior? Sorry about that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You're a junior. So you play you play basketball? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what position? Uh, point guard, small forward, shooting guard. One of those three just depends. Right. So you think you can beat me one-on-one? -on -one? Definitely. Most definitely. Really? So how are you going to beat me one-on-one? -on -one? I'm probably fast. I'm definitely faster than you. I could probably shoot better than you. You're a little bigger, but we'll, we'll see. I'll probably beat you. I'm stronger than you, so I might body you, man. I get you down in that lane, man, and just, <laughs> right? Yeah, but I'm stealing it before you get down there. <laughs> I think you're sleeping on my shooting ability. I don't know. I don't know. Well, say, hey, take us through what happened um on october 1st uh take us through i know you're with your girlfriend just everything leading up to that and and what happened so we went the other, we went all three days um that friday like we went we actually we went the year before 
so then the year before was super fun. That was like the first first thing we did together as a couple. So then we were we were like we wanted to go the next year, but then it was like the tickets are super expensive and they were sold out, so we couldn't get the tickets. And then so that Friday, I just got done with my physical therapy for my ACL, which I tore that June. Uh-huh. So then it was my last day of therapy. My girlfriend's like, "I'll pick you up and take. I want to pick you up and take you home." And I'm like, "That's kind of weird. Like, why would you just want to pick you up and take me home out of the blue? You know?" Mm-hmm. So then I come, I come home, and there's like a chair and a big sign and like tickets to that concert. And I was like, I was hyped. I was super excited to go to that. And like, we just I put I changed my clothes and we went that Friday. And Friday and Saturday were fun, like really fun. Sam Hunt was probably like. Like, I've been to all those, like, Drake and all that kind of stuff in concert, but Sam Hunt, like, was probably one of the best concerts I've ever seen. So that was cool. And then, but then Sunday happened, and we were all, it was a great time. Like, I was having a great time. It was, like, the last headliner of the day. And, like, I mean, I was nervous for school the next day because I had a hell of homework to do. But I was like, I don't even care because, like, this is going to be fun. So mm-hmm. right before um, Jason Aldean comes on, we're all partying, we're all having fun. He comes on, he plays, like, one song. And then the next song comes on, and, like, you start hearing, like, well, you thought about fireworks, you know, you're at a concert, you're not going to be like, oh, it's a shooting, you know. So you start thinking it's fireworks or whatever, and then all of a sudden I saw, like, a black mark on the screen, on the big, like, screen, I was like, oh, that's not, sh- that's not fireworks, because, like, why would I hit the screen? Because, like, fireworks don't really do that. Right. So then, then like, Jason Aldean stopped playing for a little bit, and then, like, kind of looked around. They kept playing again, and then, like, he, he, like, ran off stage, and the lights turned off, and all the lights turned off. Someone started freaking out, like, get down. And, like, still, that's kind of hard to comprehend for your mind, like, oh, you're in a shooting. So, you like, your mind takes, like, a little couple minutes to, like, comprehend all that. Right. So then that happens, and I'm down, I'm, like, down, and a round the bullet goes off, and it stops. And then another round goes off, and that's why I get hit, and, like, the second round of bullets. So I'm hit, and I'm, like, and it didn't hurt that bad just because, like, the adrenaline and all that. I'm still, like, freaking out, like, this is actually happening. So then I tell my girlfriend, like, Liz, I got shot. Like, I had to say as monotone as possible just so, like, she didn't freak out. Mm-hmm. And then, I'm like, it didn't bleed that much just because, like, the bullet cauterized so fast. It didn't bleed as, as much as, like, you'd think. So, like, I didn't see that much blood, so I wasn't freaking out. And then all of a sudden, like, the shooting stopped. So, like, Liz, you got to go. And then I started to run away. But I tried to run away, and, like, I couldn't because I couldn't breathe because, like, the bullet punched my lung. So I, like, stood up, and I was like, oh, it's not happening. So then there was a lady that got shot in the head next to me, so I laid down next to her just, for, like, for cover for a little bit. And I figured, like, all right, I got to get up and go somewhere. So I stood up and walked probably, like, 10 feet, and I figured, like, I couldn't actually breathe. So I sat down. I just, like, a wall there. And then I sat down, and then I was, like, there for probably, like, five minutes by myself, and I was, like, freaking out. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So I called my dad, and I told him what happened. He started freaking out. Like, he started driving to the strip. It's probably, like, 10, 15 minutes away from where I live. And then people came up to me, like, are you okay? Are you okay? One person started, like, tying my arm with a, like, a tourniquet with my string bag and, like, just trying to help me as much as possible. So I got moved to the VIP section where there was, like, chairs so I could hide behind something at least. And I was there for probably, like, 10, 15 minutes. And then a dude, uh, uh, actually a Navy veteran, and then another Marine picked me up and put me on his shoulders and carried me off into a like a, it was like a car and there's like these old people driving it we don't really know if it was an uber or what it was but like a car and like these old people were driving and i got put in the back with this other guy whose name was roy he got shot through the shin so he had like a hole straight through his shin which was gnarly because his finger was like sticking through it and it was like that was crazy he was like straight through his shin so i'm sitting there next to him and i'm like i'm passing in on consciousness and his wife's trying to keep me awake and stuff 
So we get to the hospital and they like have to cut up my shirt and like I did sur- I had surgery in the hallway like right that second with no painkillers and no nothing. And oh wow! I like my my side cut open from like just to like put a tube in my my lung like a like an inflator kind of thing. So like they put that in and then he put the doctor cuts it open with this big like spatula knife thing. He's like, this is what you really cut it open with. He showed me and I was like freaking out. But, like I was like cracking jokes the whole time trying to stay in a good mood. He starts to cut me open, and I was like, it hurts. So that was like the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Ugh. So he started cutting me open, and then they put the tube in, and they, and he, I can feel his hand like going through my body, right? Oh my so he puts God. the tube in, he puts the tube in, and then he's like, oh shit, like I have to do it again. So he, has to, so he like takes it, takes it out, and then puts it back in, which hurt even more. So then that was in, and that's kind of like after that, I was on so many painkillers and stuff just to like deal with everything. I like passed out and like woke up and I only remember like the day after that but that was pretty much what happened so did any point did you think you were gonna die or were you like okay I'm okay there was a point where I was kind of like maybe I could die but then like just to I mean you gotta keep pushing until like you absolutely are gonna die so I just felt like I gotta keep pushing and pushing until like I can't anymore you know right Wow, man, that's a, I, I, some of the details that you just told me, we didn't talk about at dinner uh, when we had dinner in Vegas, but um, just to hear some of that is just uh, unbelievable. When you said that when you were at the hospital, they operated on you in the hallway? Yeah, because there was so much stuff going on and people everywhere, just stuff going, like everything everywhere, and people were running around, so they were just like, we got to do it in the hall. So they put me in a hall and like just did it. Man. That's that's crazy. So your your girlfriend was okay. She didn't she didn't get yeah. hurt. My girlfriend was stuck there until about three AM. She uh I mean, people in Vegas don't really know, but she was her and a group of people walked all the way down to like the MGM where Top Golf is, which is probably like two miles. They walked all the way down there and like a lot of cars couldn't get there till three AM, like I said, so her mom couldn't pick her up until then, so she was just stuck there with a bunch of random people by herself. Man. I'm sure she was worried yeah. about you. Yeah, and I didn't have my phone, and I was I passed out at like eleven thirty, so I didn't have my phone, and I couldn't talk to anyone. People blowing up my phone, and that like no one knew what was going on. Like people were just hearing stories because my girlfriend was telling people stories, but I mean she didn't know how the condition I was in. So people were posting like "Rest in peace, Nick" and stuff like that, and everyone was freaking out. Really? Yeah, I mean my bet, you know, Blaze, Blaze texted me. The first thing he texted me was, "Are you dead?" And that was the first time I responded. I was like, "Nah, bro, I'm good." <laughs> That's a, I could see Blaze, after meeting Blaze, I could see him doing that. Are you, are you dead? Like, like you're going to respond like, yeah, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. Yeah, that, that's the first, that's the first person I thought I read that. I was like, bro, what? No, I'm straight. <laughs> so, okay, how did you, how did the whole media thing start with you and people started uh, reaching out to you? You were on, like I said, Megan Kelly show. If I wasn't watching yeah. Megan Kelly that day, I probably would have never seen your story reached out to you. So how did all that start so, out? So I'm in like, so like, I think it's the second day I'm in the hospital. And I mean, it's, it was crazy. My phone, I, I probably, like, when I turned on my phone, cause I, like, so I brought my phone with me to the hospital. It was in my pocket, right? So then I got there and then like, they took it from me because they had to like go, I had to go through all these scans. So I turned my phone in my pocket and like they lost it, right? <laughs> like they didn't have my phone. I didn't have my phone for two days straight. I got my phone at like 400 Snapchats and like, 700 dms like a thousand messages like my phone's like crazy blowing up 
because it took me hours. Like, I think I spent the first day just responding to people. Like, that's how many messages I had. And then um, one of my friend's moms uh, was, like, contacting my mom and said, uh, CBS World News wants to do a story on you in the hospital room. And I'm, like, sitting there, like, what the hell? You know, like, I did not know this was going to be this crazy. I did not know my story was going to be this crazy. I just thought I was, like, a victim. Didn't think it was that big of a deal. And then, like, when that happened, like, they came in the, like, I mean, I didn't, of course I'm going to say yes, I'm 16, it's like, that was, that's really cool with me. And I mean, I was half conscious, like, I was on so many drugs and stuff, like, I didn't even know what was going on. Like, there, so they came in my room, did a story on me, every night at, like, 6 a.m. news, or 6 p.m. news, so everyone saw it, and it was the world news. So then, that probably garnered a lot of attention from other media sites and stuff like that, and then, like, the local news, ABC News did a story on me. I went to radio stations like the Las Vegas Sun newspaper and stuff, so like that probably sparked a lot, and then people went from there, like based off those news sites and stuff. Yeah, do you still have people reach out to you? Um, because of, like the year reunions coming up, a couple people have. I just did a radio for a uh, radio one for the uh, National Public Radio NPR. Yep. And then I'm sure it's probably gonna pick up within the next couple of days, just because like the reunions coming up. Yeah. Now, did, did you get a chance to meet or talk with some of the other people that got shot that day? Um, I mean, personally, like, I've talked to the people that, like, have reached out and, like, wanted to talk. I've talked to, like, people that were there, like, the, a lot of the security, like, that person that was head security there. I talked to him just, like, it's kind of cool just to figure out, like, what actually happened and, like, the facts and the details. I talked to, like, the, those kind of people and, like, people that I interacted with at the time, like, people that were in the car with me and, like, that helped me get through it all. But, like, as far as, like, the rallies and, like, the survivor gatherings and stuff, like, I kind of like to do that healing process by myself so I don't, like, talk to a lot of people or, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, it's, it's just, I just talk to people that, like, affected me, really. Let me ask you this. So, um, I think I was around, I was a senior in college, mm-hmm. and it was raining a little bit that this one day, and I'm, I'm getting onto the highway, right? So I get on the highway, and the car in front of me had this ladder taped, or, or not taped, but it was more, it was like uh, tied up with a rope. They had a ladder on top of the car, and it's driving in front of me. And the ladder falls off the car as I'm getting on the highway, right? And I, yeah, and I run over the ladder, my wheel gets stuck in the ladder, and my car spins around, okay? And so I spin around, and now my car is facing the wrong way on the highway. And I have a person coming at me about probably around 65, 70 miles an hour. I get hit head on. And for that moment, I thought I was going to die. And I, obviously I didn't. Uh, I got injured, but not, not bad. I walked away from the whole accident. I was fine. I, I went to work the next day. But... Yeah. Every time, Nick, I get on the highway, still to this day, when I get on at that particular spot, I have a flashback to that moment. Mm-hmm. And for probably about two years, I struggled. I, I wouldn't even get on the highway that way because it just terrified me. So, yeah. But on the flip side, you have been to concerts and things since the shooting and i think i would probably struggle even going to an indoor concert let alone a festival but you you've been back to things yeah yeah i mean i've been i went to therapy for 
eight, nine months uh, mental therapy. I did physical therapy as well, but I did mental therapy. And they, I mean, I like to think that being a kid, your mind's still growing, your mind's still adapting. So that helps go through that kind of stuff because your mind's still growing and adapting around that kind of stuff and changing. So, like, an adult would be worse just because you're stuck in your way, so it's kind of hard to, like, learn and adapt. But I did therapy for nine months, and then, I mean, me and my girlfriend broke up for six. Just we like, the first three months were just hard just to, like, deal with the whole thing and, like, deal with, like, just seeing her was, like, a reminder of it. So, like, I mean, we were still friends, but we took a break for a cool six months just to, like, heal and get over and talk like get back together and stuff once we're like over because like when i was having a bad day and she was having a good dad bring her down and vice versa yeah that helped too and then i mean i have a lot of like the support here was crazy like, i have a lot of good friends that helped me through a lot and like took me through the process and like my family was really cool about it and like so it helped a lot having a, cool, a good support system but like i was like even my friends told me and my coaches like people were like are you still gonna play basketball like i still play basketball and ran track you know mm-hmm. like i didn't i was not gonna let like one man stop my whole like sophomore year from ending and not like doing things i wanted to do people were like you want to go to the concert like i know you like went through that blah blah i was like of course i'm gonna go to the concert like come on like and the thing was i went to like Lil Zan, like small concerts like that and i went to a bunch of big ones but like the hardest one was me and my girlfriend went to a country concert probably like a couple months ago. So it was like seven months after, right? And I thought it'd be fun, but it was like outdoor and like the same setup. That one kind of like gave me a little anxiety, but like after I realized like like we're having fun and it's okay, I was fine. Like, and that's the thing. I was like, I'm not going to let one person like ruin my whole like life and my whole sophomore year just because like one action. So I would like push myself as hard as I could just to get over it and just like, like not like put it like... I don't, like, not think about it, just, like, get through it and, like, deal with it and deal with it when I have to deal with it. And, like, when it comes up, I, like, cry it out and let it happen, but then just get through it and have fun the next day, you know? Yeah, that's that's awesome that you were mentally able to, you know, get over that hurdle. And you said that at the time when it happened, you were you were dating her, and then you guys broke up, you guys got back together, and you guys are still together mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And you just had a birthday. Did she get you a birthday gift? Yeah, uh, we went to J. Cole. She got me tickets to J. Cole on the Strip. And then we also went to Love, which is a third show on the Strip. Okay, so the concert I want to talk about, J. Cole, is going to segue into our discussion here about the GOATs. So you went Mm. to the J. Cole concert. I, I personally think that J. Cole right now of this generation is my favorite. I think just lyrically, production, just everything he's doing, he, he's, I think, this generation's GOAT. Many will argue Drake and Kendrick and all that. And I'll, I'll get your pen, opinion here shortly. I want to know, because we're, we're different ages, so we're going to have yeah. some different opinions. In hip-hop music right now, who do you think, the all-time, in, in the history of hip-hop, who is the GOAT? All time go. I mean, like I've seen, like I haven't seen Tupac and Biggie and all of them. You know, like you, like I haven't, like I don't listen to that music a lot here when it comes on the radio ever so often. But like I hear like the new generation like stuff. Like I'm from Detroit, so like I know Eminem. But I mean, if I'm saying like the go that as of like my like the people I know and like who I listen to, I'd say Drake. 
just like numbers wise and everything wise. I mean, that's that's a good argument. I, mean, I hear young people say Drake's, and, and Drake is a lot like who I think's the goat, and that's Jay Z. And I've told you this. I've told you this before. Jay Z is the goat, um, and Drake is putting up Jay Z type numbers. I mean, he's doing Jay Z type things. Obviously, he's very versatile. He can exist in a lot of different lanes. He can make a hip hop song. Yeah. He can make an R and B song, yeah. right? And and I assume, like many other hip hop artists, but I think he has a unique skill set to where his concerts probably are pretty diverse with a lot of different types of people there who enjoy different yeah, parts of his are, music, yeah. right? Yeah, I've been to one of them. They're, they're very diverse, and they're like, that's one of the best concerts I've been to. How would it, would you have loved to have been at the concert when he brought out Meek Mill the other night? That would have been, yeah, I love Meek Mill too. I love his stuff. I listened to pre-game before basketball games and especially track meets. That was a real dope to see that. I know. I love the, I love the energy. Now, I didn't find out if, now, so they performed in Boston. So Drake brings Meek mm -hmm. Mill out in Boston. Um, I guess recently he just brought him out in Philly. So no, no, they did that. that. They yeah. had to do that, right? Like if any mm -hmm. city you do it, you have to do it in Philly or Toronto. Like that's a must. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. But he did in Boston. And I don't know if the people there, if there were any like rumors going around that he was bringing Meek Mill out because back in the day, Jay-Z and Nas went at it. I'm sure you've heard about uh -huh. that, that battle uh -huh. and that beef. And, and that was one of the biggest like, battles or just just conversation piece at that time because you know jay-z makes uh takeover and then nas makes ether and they're going at it and it just got really really intense and jay-z there was so jay-z was performing and there was rumors that nas might come on stage with him so kind of people knew about it it might happen and then of course nas came out they kind of had their moment and that was like a big deal for I know my generation, the hip hop culture. So to see that now today with Drake and uh, Meek was was definitely super cool. So, but I, hey, listen, I respect that with the Drake, him being your goat, and I, I can't really argue that. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, numbers wise, putting up every song he puts up, every song he drops is number one. I mean, I didn't even think that the album Scorpion was all that, and it's still number one has the most. Like plays and the most numbers and everything, and it wasn't even, in my opinion, it wasn't even that good of an album. I did, you know what? I did not. Scorpion after a while, it, it didn't age well for me. So no, when I when no. I initially heard it, I was like, man, there's some songs on here I really like. But after a while, I was like, eh, I think he's had better albums, right? Yeah, and, and no one, I mean, no one listened to the R and B side. It was all the rap side. Oh my god, the R and B side was I thought was not very good <laughs> at all. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was borderline terrible just because, I mean, no one, I mean, he could have left it off the album and no one would have cared. Uh, absolutely. No, no, no doubt, no doubt about that. Okay, yeah. so here, here's something that we, we've got to discuss, and you're, you're a basketball player. You, you, you love basketball. We've had many conversations about, about basketball, and that is, who's the GOAT? LeBron James. I'm going to let you talk first. I think because of evolution, because of his build, because of the numbers he puts up and the way his teams that he's had to take into the championship and the competitions he's faced, for example, the Warriors, is just better. The, like, I mean, evolution speaks for itself. People are always out-competing other people, out-training other people, 
technology is getting better every day. So he's training harder. He's having better technology where he can reheal himself and train even harder the next day. Like, and that's, and I mean, no fault to Jordan, but he didn't have that. So that's not his fault. But like LeBron has all this stuff where he can train every day and he's obviously bigger, weighs more. He's just a better player, in my opinion. And one on one, he definitely wins. So, okay, hold on. So, I, I, hey, listen, I'm with you on the evolution piece. I, I get that. So, but from a skill standpoint, do you think players today are more skilled than they were when Jordan played? No. Okay, so, so you're with me on that. The players back then were more skilled. Yeah, but do they had to be. Okay, now. I mean, today's game is athleticism. Agreed. Now, do you think that a player like Michael Jordan – you put him in today's game, he would still do the same things. I, I don't think he's I, – I think he'd do some of the same things, but because the people are faster and more athletic and stronger, I think he'd be a little behind. See, th- this is where we're going to disagree because I think, one, number one, he'd figure it out, and number two, he was a specimen. I always say this. I always feel like there's a player that comes along that's always 10 years ahead of everybody else. And I would say LeBron James was that next guy. Like, you have to admit, like, he's, I mean, I think, I still think he's further ahead than a lot of players right now. Just somebody that big as LeBron James is to be that fast and do the things he does, we've never seen anything like that. And I would say the same thing about Michael Jordan when he came along. I mean, just the, 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 physicality of how he played and and if you look at the time when Michael first started to when he finished his career look at how much his game changed how much he adapted and that's my point to where he could I think he would be better in this generation than he was when he played because Michael was super athletic skinny he got in the weight room so he could beat the Pistons. And you're, you're from Detroit, so you know all about those Pistons. The bad yeah, boys, they were course, tough. Of course. Right? He got bigger. Yeah. He got stronger. He worked on his jump shot. They said he couldn't shoot. What did he do? He comes out and he breaks the three-point playoff record against the Trailblazers. And mm. over time, he, he learned he had to post up. So he got stronger, developed a post game. And it was just as like every step of the way. He changed his game. He adapted no matter what was going on. And, and lastly, my point is this. I judge greatness on moments. And moments that count. And Michael Jordan's moments, they are, they're just stacked up too much. If you, if, you, if, you, if you go and look, hold on, Nick. If you go on and watch or see any of the highlights of great Michael Jordan moments, they're all in like the playoffs. They're big games, right or wrong. I mean, that's that's true. That's true. So, so forget the six rings. I go with moments. So, but all right, you go with moments. But look, Jordan also had better teams with him, like better players with him. Not I when mean, he started. Besides, besides LeBron's Heat, LeBron's had Kyrie and. I mean, if you want to say Kevin Love, you can say Kevin Love. I wouldn't really count Kevin Love as an all-star player that really helped him as much as, like, Tippin or anyone. But, I mean, like, I think if you put Michael Jordan and LeBron in the same situation and same starting position and start with the same technology and everything, Michael would be better. But because he was so, like, in the 80s, in the 1980s and 90s that he's just not 
at the same level of athleticism as LeBron. Okay. But I think LeBron's faults in skill, but he makes it up in athleticism and build. All right, fair enough. Now listen, I'm a, I'm a LeBron fan. I enjoy watching LeBron play. I'm going to enjoy LeBron even more now that he's playing with the Los Angeles Lakers. Are yeah, you excited about him being with the I Lakers? Saw a crazy fact. Yeah, I saw a crazy fact today, which, I mean, Dwayne Wade, you, everyone thinks he's old and he's like, and he should retire and blah, blah, blah. But LeBron Wade came in the draft the same year, which is crazy. Because no one really thinks of LeBron as he should retire and he's super old. But when you think of Dwayne Wade, everyone's like, he should retire, he's old, he's like slow. Which, that was a crazy fact I saw today. Yeah, I mean, you know, Dwayne Wade, he's aged over the last couple years. He's had some injuries, and if you get, you, you've got to give credit to players like Michael Jordan and like LeBron in that they really, they, they did a great job of understanding how important keeping their body conditioned yeah. in the offseason. Like, I'm not saying Dwayne Wade didn't, but sometimes you have to be, you have to be lucky in, in some of those cases where you don't get hurt. If you look at the tail end of Michael Jordan's career, I mean, he was playing 82 games every year. And, and Le- Did LeBron just play 82? His first time ever he played 82. Yeah. Yes, and I attribute that to the $2.5 million he put in the offseason of putting in all that work to make sure his body is conditioned to do that. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't get hurt and you take care of your body – you can extend your longevity, and unfortunately, Dwayne Wade's been—you know—he's battled some injuries. Yeah, yeah, that's him, D. Rose, all the. Oh, D. Rose is another one, man. You talk about a guy. I rooted for D. Rose more than any other player since Michael Jordan, um, just because I watched him play in AAU, and we're going to talk about AAU basketball here shortly. But I watched D. Rose play AAU. Just such a great kid, man. I had a chance to talk with him several times. Just very humble. And just, I mean, from basket to basket, you talk about one of the fastest guys I've ever seen in person. He was that. Before Westbrook. Yes, this was before Westbrook. But and he, and he was the Westbrook before Westbrook. Like he was. He was smaller, like, but yes. He's doing what Westbrook's doing now. Absolutely, absolutely. He was. Rose was Rose was special. He was fun to watch, and I, I hate to see what's happened to where he is now. Like to watch that, you know, kind of him fall apart, his body go, and, you know, that's, yeah. hey, that's he sports. Get and stuff. I know. That's, that's sports, though, man. That's, that's, that's yeah. sports. You, you, there's got to be some luck involved, and you got to take care of yourself. Yeah, definitely. But, but, you know, so, as we talk about the GOATs, we talk about Michael Jordan, LeBron, you just mentioned Ru- Russell Westbrook. All these guys have sneaker deals, and sneakers are such oh. a big part of our culture um, when I was coming up in your culture right now, let's talk about greatest sneaker of all time. What's your favorite go-to sneaker? The Yeezy V1. Oh, the- God, you're killing me, Nick. <laughs> you're killing me. You're going to go I with the that Yeezys? That sneaker changed the culture from here on out. I'm going to let you go ahead and talk. I'm coming in. Go ahead. So in your generation, like the sneakers, the best sneakers were like Nike sneakers that were basketball sneakers that like were retro or like they were made to play basketball. In. But then once he once Kanye dropped those shoes, they turned more into like like people started wearing lifestyle shoes and dad shoes and just shoes that were weren't meant for basketball, like not Jordans and not like Air Force. I kind of were guess lifestyle, but like after 
Yeezy drop, everyone started wearing lifestyle shoes, and like brands started making lifestyle shoes. Adidas started making Ultra Boost. Nike started making runners that were like made to walk in, not just the training. I think Yeezy's changed the whole scape of how like we look at shoes nowadays and how we look at hype shoes, just because like what Kanye did to that and not like especially Adidas like bringing on not an athlete but a rapper and an artist and someone that has a different side to the game of shoes. I think that was very like change the whole landscape of shoes after that now you, you make some great points um which some of them i do agree with um so if you go back though i think the whole kanye stuff started with nike not with adidas mm-hmm. if you go back to but even those shoes look like basketball shoes they did but they weren't a performance shoe you weren't hooping in those yeah. but i get what you're yeah. saying you're saying the 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 yeezys with the on the adidas side did not look like basketball shoe you weren't hooping in yeezys there was no doubt about no. that I, I get that. And and he was, Kanye was a part of that new wave of, listen, maybe we should look outside of athletes to market our shoe brand. Let's start looking at entertainers. Yeah. Let's start looking at rappers because they are very influential in our culture. So I definitely yeah, would agree exactly. with that. And I, I, I totally agree with you that Kanye's been a huge, he's been a huge part of that. Um, but you're so you're going with the Yeezys. You're gonna say Yeezys uh-huh. the, the 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 greatest shoe. So if you if you're the hooping, V1, the V1, yeah. Okay, so if you're hooping, you got a game tomorrow. What shoes are you balling in? Because of my knees and the injuries that I have, I'm hooping in the crazy explosives. The GS crazy explosives. You're like D Rose, man. You're out there all beat up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was hooping in the KD nines, you know. Yep. With the flying knee and the. Like you do, but then I was mid game. Those popped on me. What? So I was, so I was so like second half of the game. I was balling and popped Nike Zoom unit in my in my heel, and I was like, like sinking in, and my jump shot was off. So I was sneak sinking in my foot, and it was, yeah, after that I went to do this. Man, that's that's not good. That's not good. Yeah, so I, I mean, you're not you're not that big of a guy. How tall are you? How much do you weigh? Uh, I'm like five eight, five nine, one fifty. Yeah. Oh, I would definitely put you in the post. I'd give you buckets all no, day. No. All all day. Uh uh-uh, uh. Uh uh. Not happening. Yeah. I mean, it would be all over Snapchat too. We're gonna play one on one. Nick, we're playing one on one. All right. Let me know. Time and place. Yeah, we, we're going. You know, I'm gonna come out to Vegas, man. We're gonna we're gonna make it an event too. So, are you gonna play high school basketball this year? Um. It's still up for decision. I mean, at the time, at the moment, I don't know for sure it's a 50-50 just because of the injuries I've had. And the, I lost, I mean, the, I was in the hospital for only four days. I lost 25 pounds in four days. Man. And that was, like, I can't, and I was pale. I was, like, skinny. And, like, after that, I was just kind of like, and, I mean, I still played that season. I didn't play as much just because of I didn't want to, like, my lung capacity was not at 100% and still isn't at 100%. So that was hard, and running track, my times were a little slower than they were the year before just because of my lungs. And I run, like, mid-distance, like 200, 400 meters. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of hard just to, like, stretch my lungs like that. But I'm in between of I, do I want to train and make my body 100%, especially with my knee, because I lost so much weight, and you need, like, muscle around your knee to make sure you don't tear it again. Yeah, absolutely. So especially, with my knee, especially with my knee and then my shoulder and my lung capacity, 
it might I, it's still up to the decision where I want to train and make those all 100% and back to where I want to be or play this season and play both seasons or just wait till next season. Yeah, well, you, you know, I, I wish you a lot of luck with that. Hey, why don't you give everybody quickly your social media, so if they want to give you a holler, give you a fl uh, follow, slide in your DMs, whatever. <laughs> uh, Snapchat is Nick Campbell 09, C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L, -L, and then Instagram is Nick.Campbell09, same spelling. Nice, nice. So, two quick, two last things I have for you here. MGK or Eminem? Who won the battle? I have to say Eminem. I'm from Detroit, and I like. I think his distances were a lot better than Machine Gun Kelly's, even though Machine Gun Kelly's is a more listenable song. I I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I and I, I think. So as you talked about uh, Kanye changing the game on the shoe front, you know, for more of a lifestyle brand, I would say Drake changed the game from a diss record standpoint. When, when Drake dissed Meek Mill, he made a song that he knew would exist on the radio and would exist in the clubs. So no matter where Meek Mill went, he was going to hear back to back because it just had that feel of a, oh, that can exist on the radio. And, I and feel, you can still listen to it now. Oh, like, you don't have to know the beef, and you can still listen to it. It's still a good song. Absolutely. And, and, and so Drake, Drake's formula for that diss, I thought, really has changed the game. I, and I felt like when I heard MGK's diss, I felt like it felt more like a song that I, I would like to hear in the club oh, yeah. or on the radio. With Emin the auto tunes and everything, yeah. Yeah, and Eminem's, I didn't, like, like you said, I think lyrically, there were better lyrics with an Eminem song, but it didn't, I mean, it didn't exist. Like, I, I'm not going back and listen to Eminem song all the, I've listened to MGK song like 50 times between yeah. working out in the gym, exactly. in the car, right? You feel that way too? Exactly, yeah. You can listen, and you can listen to it and like, you can sing along and like have the chorus. Yep. And Eminem's are just straight bars on bars on bars, just this, this, this. And, I mean, I think, and he came with like the lighter bars that were more like for the fans and the people know about, like, like not as heavier, not as like deep. But then Eminem came with the deep like bars, like personal. Came with the family and like ex girlfriends and stuff like that. Yeah, he so did. So that's why I think he won the disc like more than MGK. Gotcha. Okay, uh, last thing I have for you. So you've played AU in the past. Yeah. And as you know, we've had these conversations. I have an AU program. And, um, you know, down the road, uh, hopefully here soon, maybe we can do something together on the AU front. How about that? Yeah, that'd be very, very cool. Especially out here, people need an AAU program that's, like, honest and has good coaches and stuff like that. That'd be dope. Definitely. We, we need to get a shining star in Vegas. And we need to get, mm -hmm. we need to get Jordan Crawford involved and... You yeah, know, definitely. We, we, we definitely. need to make this happen. So you and I are going to have some more conversations relating to that. But listen, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Obviously, we talked about a lot. Um, I'm glad you've overcome everything you've been through between the injuries, uh, the shooting. I mean, you, you, you've been through a lot, and it shows you what type of kid you are. Listen, I, I've been in the business of working with youth for over 17 years, and you know, I know I know what it's like for a lot of these kids going through a lot of things and how mentally draining it is. And you, you deserve a lot of credit for 
going through all the things you went through and just having such a positive attitude. For anybody that listens to this podcast, your positive attitude, they need to take away from that. Like, you're not shying away from going to concerts. You want to continue to play basketball and just live your life. And like you said, not let one man or one person stop you from living an excellent life, right? Thank you. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's just, I'm not going to, I'm going to do everything I want to do, whether that happened or not, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Nick, hey, thanks for being on the show, and I'm going to be in touch with you very soon. Cool? Thank you. Really appreciate it. All right, Nick. Talk to you soon, buddy. Have a good one. You too. Hey, I want to thank Nick for coming on the show, and I mean, I I just can't, I, I really can't sum up in words what a great kid Nick is, and when I was in Vegas, you know, I invited him to dinner, and here's a kid who doesn't know me at all. And a random guy is sending him a DM to come to dinner. And he came to dinner uh, with me and my friend Jordan Crawford. And, I mean, we sat there for maybe three and a half hours and just had great conversation. It's like we've known each other for years. And he inspires me just what he's been through and keeping a positive attitude. And, listen, we all go through tough times. But to see things you know, to have a clear mind and say, look, better times are ahead and stay positive, stay positive. Uh, that's something we all need to do and take away from Nick. So I want to thank everybody for listening to another edition of the No Further Comments podcast, the Basketball Insider edition. And I've got another special guest next week for episode 18. We're going to have Ryan Custer on the show. And for those who don't know, Ryan Custer played basketball at Elder High School, was a freshman, um, playing big-time minutes at Wright State as a scholarship basketball player. And he had a, gosh, he he was involved in a freak accident which paralyzed him uh, from legs down, and he's still going through this. Um, And we're going to have him on the show. And just, just like Nick, you talk about a great young man that has a positive attitude that is going through tough times, but working through them. And I'm really excited to have Ryan on next week and kind of to follow up off this Nick interview, man. We've got some great stuff lined up for season two of the Basketball Insider podcast, and I'm, I'm very excited that I can bring these to you. If you want to reach out to me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham. I'm on Facebook, Alex Meacham. You can reach out to us at No Further Comments Podcast. Twitter, and Instagram, and also on Facebook. I want to thank everybody for listening, and of course, my main man, taking us out with enough respect. Big Daddy.